0: Because you know what this is, guys? This is a two man zombie lord.
1: No, no, no. It's an entertainment. This guy has to be there first. He's got to be
0: down first.
1: Yeah. If you have things that need those. Like, you could. He's an excellent spike lord. Ooh.
0: (laughs) All right.
2: Welcome to Tusk Talk, episode number seven. Wait, sorry. I forgot to say which episode it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's 16.
2: Is it okay? Fifteen was the la- the latest one I could find. It was the Louisville one. Okay, so sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Welcome to Tus Talk, episode number sixteen, Your Eternal Magic Podcast. have on today Brian Plattenberg with Team Tusk. Brian how you doing today?
0: Hey guys I'm doing pretty good. My voice is a little shot so I apologize for that but uh, I was yelling a lot because the Atlanta Falcons go to the Super Bowl so I'm not really that sorry.
2: And also on the casting have Zach Wilson. Zach from Team Tusk. I'm also happy
1: about the Falcons, though probably less so than Brian, since he's a regular attendee and all. But, uh, yeah, doing pretty
2: well. Doing pretty well. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm doing pretty Can't good. Can you complain? Yeah, yeah, doing. I'm doing great. Talking a little bit of, uh, you got any barbecue speak on uh, there, Zach? I do.
1: This is, since I haven't been on since Christmas, um, My that's what my mom wanted for Christmas was to, you know, for me to smoke a brisket. And I was on call, so I was stuck at the house anyway. And uh, I think I've got the brisket game down, Pat. It's it's just you know salt, pepper, paprika, and thyme. Time as in weight on it, not time as in the the herb. That yeah, got it. Very well, but you know, smoked for probably six hours and then wrapped and continue smoking for another five or six, I believe. That
0: sounds and awesome. It turned out pretty well. Have to cut it so, at some point.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually prepare a a, a feast for a, a gathering of the Tusk, even though this technically violates the original credo of the Tusk since it's named after the swine and the brisket is, is not of the cloven hoof, but, uh, you know, I think it's close enough. Uh,
2: Brian, you want to talk a little bit on the Falcons here? Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I, I you know, I'm a giant Falcons fan. I've had season tickets for a number of years now and, uh, really happy we got to close out the dome like that after kind of not being predicted to do all that much this year. And, uh, is going to our second Super Bowl ever, and uh, there's no way I'm going to be having a bad day for at least the next what, week and a half at this point.
2: Sweet. Uh,
0: but I absolutely can can barely talk, and it's been two days. So,
2: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: I remember watching that game while it was going on and, and thinking, I, I thought I remembered you saying on the trip to Louisville that you know we absolutely didn't want to play Green Bay because of how good they were and everything. Well,
0: I think <clears throat> that was the hardest game we could have played. But it and it sure didn't, didn't look that out. hard.
1: Yeah, it turned out to be a stomping. Like it was, that's what surprised me. Is I was like, you just don't see that in the NFL. Like I watch more college, and I'm used to seeing that when it's you know Alabama
0: yeah, versus something. does some in the NFL playoffs. I mean,
1: it seems crazy. I mean, I hope it happens again.
2: You know, yep, the Patriots
0: can eat one more it. game.
2: I just uh, had uh, peppermint Oreos in my world. Um, they weren't very good. <laughs> that's my least. Yeah. Don't try peppermint Oreos. They're not good. Yep.
1: That sounds like an improper choice of Oreos because there are plenty of you know good ones.
2: I kind of like the Swedish Fish. A lot of people are turned off by that, but uh, I was digging them.
0: I think that's a little too much for me. I don't know. It was great. You can't say that I tried those, but. Uh, they're just. Yeah. I enjoyed them, then they were worth it.
2: Oh God, they're just great. <laughs> great. Um, so let's talk some magic, right? So uh, we have this new set.
0: Ether Revolt.
2: Artifact based. And uh we have some cards to cover. We're gonna go over some fringe cards as well, so uh but we'll cover the playables first so you can just turn off our podcast if you don't like fringe stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. We could totally be wrong about what the good cards are and what the
0: fringe stuff is too. So
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're uh it's kinda of more of a first glance, kind of a little bit of discussion briefly, but uh so we'll start with the most playable card and the most talked about card which is Fatal Push.
0: Brian, would you like to go over Fatal Push? Yeah, Fatal Push has got to be the best one mana black removal spell I can remember. It's definitely the most unconditional one. Um, I'm sure it's good in in modern and whatever, but it's very good. In Legacy, if for some reason there's a reason to be, you know, kind of a two-color black deck where you just have this unconditional thing on turn one, because if everybody's been playing what, Innocent Blood, Ghastly Demise, Dismember, Disfigure. I think this is just clearly better than all of those, right? You're you're almost always going to have what's uh what's the effect? I can't remember the name of it when the permanent leaves the battlefield. Uh, what is it? Revolt or whatever. Oh, um, Revolt, yeah. Yeah you're pretty much always going to have that with fetch lands and whatnot. So, and even still, almost every creature that's actually played is two mana or less, right? I think that's
1: basically true. I mean, this makes my choice to play Veteran Explorer decks marginally better because then there's even less removal in the format for, you know, giant stupid
2: five drops. Sure. The card seems to work best and uh, seems like kind of like a bug shell or whatnot. It kind of synergizes with the other cards well. Yeah, I think that's true.
1: I think, yeah. I think it gives you the ability to play some of the bug decks that sometimes can have issues with certain creatures maybe, or like can't don't have enough removal, like maybe the four abrupt decays isn't enough, or you know, if Baleful Strix isn't able to block for whatever reason or something like that, it gives you another out to uh to do that where if they can draw enough cards to just one for one you know, every opposing creature, then they just get in and murder everybody, which, you know, you may have had to try to go four color for swords or bolt or something otherwise.
0: Yeah. Or, or actually one thing I want to really do with it, and this may end up being terrible. I have no ideas. I want to see if I can make land work again, because you always want to be two colors at most. And black gives you a lot of other things like creeping tar pit and uh cabal pit, which might be getting a little too, too cute. But I mean, but you can interesting play with to think about, you can Yeah. I oh, like it. I hope and you works. have wasteland, so you're pretty much always triggering revolt, right? fetch lands and whatnot.
1: I like it. I want this to work, even if it is, you know, terrible. I I like landstill. I've always liked a format where landstill is viable because it's it's miserable and it just inflicts that misery on
2: everyone.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be trying to figure it out.
2: So. So in the, it seems like probably in the mirrors, someone's going to get screwed who isn't playing. uh, Kermag Angler. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: If you're not if you're not on Angler or I don't know Tombstalker or something That's
0: crazy like that, really like just, yeah. Cards miserable, unfortunately. But.
1: Well, yeah. Or, or as always, uh, it it also cannot touch White Knight. So. If anybody wants to go that far back.
0: I don't have a lot of respect for anybody that just goes all the way old school and plays White Knight or Black Knight.
1: I Josh. Josh plays Black Knight pretty regularly. Um, nice. I have been known to meddling mage black knight black knight because of that. Like, back in the Super Games days, I would frequently just ignore whatever else and then meddling mage black knight because all my removal was swords to shares and I could not deal with black
0: knight. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: So maybe Nimble Mongoose gets a little better out of the one drops.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Although, if, I guess if you're in black, you could play, like, Diabolic Edict or Liliana or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're playing heavy enough black, you could have Fatal Push and any of those other things, you know, Innocent Blood or whatnot, so. But yeah I think yeah. those aren't even the decks that it really helps the most, though, I don't think. Like, I, I think what you were saying before, stuff that would normally need to splash additional colors but can now go, like, blue-black, like the land still, like you're talking about, I think that's going to end up probably getting a little more benefit or I hope at
0: least we'll get more benefit. Right. Or, or you've already seen stolen sideboards or Delver sideboards that play disfigure and it's clearly mm-hmm. better than disfigure.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It is actually, I think you're right there. It is just. Yeah. It's a disfigure.
0: I
2: can't come up with something relevant
0: that disfigure kills that it doesn't. Assuming you have revolt,
2: right? You might be able to survive a Merit Lage attack.
0: Uh, that is true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yep.
1: I was going to come up with something, and then you said relevant, and I realized that all of mine were, you know, bad, so... Well, other, otherwise, what,
0: it's got to be a five-mana creature with two toughness?
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: Or I guess you could argue a three-mana creature with two toughness. Oh, you're not always going to have revolt, but I, I think the vast majority of the time you're going to.
2: So with, uh, with Innocent Blood, is would Fatal Push just be a strict upgrade for Pox?
1: I don't know. I think Sacrifice is pretty powerful. Like it, it it depends on how you have the deck built, but it lets you... If you weren't playing Pox and you were playing something more like the Gate, it gives you a lot better removal suite, potentially.
0: Yeah, um, I think and, Pox wants the Sacrifice. They don't care that it's a sorcery, mm-hmm. and it's kind of live at any point you draw it. And um, it can kill Merrillage. Yep. And True Name and, and everything, right? Because you're not playing creatures.
1: Yeah, so the, the sack part synergizes really well with... Um, smallpox, because you know you're going to have extra sack outlets. Liliana, more sack outlets. I think you would still play Fatal Push because you need to get rid of certain things. Like if they have, I don't know, something that keeps you from sacrificing, like was it Tajuru Preserver or something like that? Like that card from Rise of the Eldrazi that gives you protection from Annihilate, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, or even uh, the, really the original Sigarda prevents people from sacrificing. Yeah, stuff me, too, she right? frat,
2: so she just doesn't like you. You got to deat her, like there's right. Yeah. I just think with Pox, maybe, like, you open the doors for maybe having more creature, like a little bit more of a buff on creatures. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting if there's a way to do it where you get to play maybe Death Rage Shaman or whatever.
2: It seems like that deck has to have reoccurring creatures with Innocent Blood in it. I mean, it's
1: either that or you just go solely on, like, Mishra's Factory and Nether Spirit.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's all I would ever want to do. I don't actually want to kill my opponent, so. Well, that's fair.
1: I mean, if you're playing, if you're splashing enough green, you could play, like, a Gigapede, but that's...
0: Still uh, well, I'm on board with that,
1: so... Yeah. All of this has ventured quickly back into bad decks territory, but it sounds like fun, so let's, you know, let's, let's do it.
2: Welcome to Tusk Talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was gonna say, I've, I've won a tournament at Super Games with my only win condition being Gigapede, so...
1: <laughs> let's say, I, I did kill someone at Gigabytes uh, by Kervix torching them for about 40, uh, in 2016,
0: so. Yeah, you gotta have fun with magic still.
2: Yeah. Do you guys think this card is format warping at all, or, you know, something to be concerned about, all in all? I think that's gonna take time to tell for sure,
1: but it doesn't feel warping to me. Like, I think it's just a little better, probably, than what was already there, or maybe a
0: lot better. I think a lot better. I I think it may, long term, make a big difference that Black has a removal spell that's pretty close to Swords to Plowshares or Lightning Bolt. mm
1: Mm-hmm that's possible yeah I don't know I think but with, I don't know if that
0: actually enables anything new right yeah
1: I think with as easy as it is to splash colors like it benefits decks going heavier black more than anything else like it's not I don't think that decks are gonna splash black just for it the way that you might splash white for swords
0: right um, or maybe a lot of those decks aren't splashing white for swords anymore right well yeah if exactly. you were already black right
1: right right or maybe you go into black because you can get you know fatal push and whatever else that synergizes.
0: Yeah. So, so mostly I would assume it's decks that were splashing red for lightning bolt or white for sorts of plowshares yeah, may probably. not have to do that anymore.
2: Yeah. So maybe it makes blood moon a little worse. Yeah. Shuts down the color pie a little bit. Yeah. But I think that's
0: probably ultimately good though. Right. I think we've got to a point where there's so many greedy, you know, three, four, five color, good stuff decks. that That's not a bad thing.
2: Yeah. Decks are hella greedy right now.
1: That's true. And yet Blood Moon still isn't making enough appearance uh, as or as much appearance as I would hope in uh, you know doing well on, on a major scale because of you know you get death shaman and stuff like that to help you know fight the greed. But maybe a lot of fatal pushes will kill a lot of death shamans, and then back to my dream world where Blood Moon is just a absolute kick in the pants.
2: I think Goblin Stompy is where you want to be for Blood Moon decks right now. Probably so.
0: Sure. I well, th- I think the the whole thing at the end of the day is that if you're building your deck to try to get Blood Moon go online quickly, it kind of limits the rest of what you can do so much. That's
1: true. I mean you yeah. don't want to do that without chalice unless you're playing painter and have eight thousand red blasts.
0: Right, and you're just gonna kill your opponent out of nowhere.
2: Right. Well with the three with the three count with Big Red, they're looking for seething song, whereas like I feel like the uh goblin stompy deck has more activations at three cost. Yeah not as, like, uh, strangling I think for Goblin Stompy as it is for Big Red.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense. So, so the cards that will
2: survive through the rise of Metal Push that I'm aware of, we have Reality Smasher, uh, Gurmag, uh, Baneslayer Angel, to- Tomb Stalker.
1: Tomb Stalker, definitely.
0: Stalker. I mean, you know, the the usual suspects with True Name Nemesis and Nimble Mongoose and anybody that can't be targeted.
1: I'm going to point out super relevant to this cast and say Thragtusk. Thragtusk.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there to stay.
1: Unfortunately, Siege Rhino is susceptible to Fatal Push, and that makes me sad, but I'll just recur him.
0: I'm pretty sure any deck with Siege Rhino is in a good spot already.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. That's the weird any... thing that's happening in Legacy right now, where, like, good stuff value with a certain amount of hate and force of will is doing really well, but against just a pile of recursive removal and larger creatures, like doesn't seem that good. So I'm I'm kind of digging that part of where legacy is going right now. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be borne out in actual tournament results, but you know, that's my, my very poor intuition for how it feels at the moment.
2: Snapcaster seems weak with this card. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, Snapcaster is good with everything. That's a card I should probably own, except I don't play
0: blue very often. So
2: that's cool. Yeah, I think for like the black-blue deck. Yeah.
0: the land. Yeah, still, I mean, about, what, whatever land still I'm building probably has at least three of them in there. Yeah,
1: crack, yeah. The, you know, crack the standstill and then push, snap, push, murder, whatever you just
0: did, take my turn. Yeah, play a bunch of Spell Snare, Spell Pierce. Yeah. Maybe it'd be worth playing Stifle at this point. I don't know.
1: I mean, you're already going to have Wasteland Recursion, so...
0: Right. Play and it keeps your man lands alive and yeah. stuff like that sinkhole in
1: it. Come on, man. Sinkhole, wasteland, recursion. I don't know if I can play spells that cost two colored
0: mana. Yeah, but you can. Say. But you can. You can. I want to play like four wastelands and a dust bowl and three or four factories. A dust bowl. I'll, I'll and a, accept. And it. a cabal pit. And
1: come on. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You can play into them in this deck, so you can get any of that crap that you need, and then get it out of your yard. You can have. You in the I deck. think That's intuition personal.
0: might be better, but.
1: Uh, pro- well, yeah, probably. But it's three mana though, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to claim to be good at actually building any of these decks. I'm wording out nonsense. But.
0: I won't either, but I'm definitely going to
1: have fun doing it. <laughs> so what are the big targets? Deathright, the- definitely. Good lord. Delver. Delver's- right, Shaman. Delver's yep. definitely. Stone oh, um, wave. I mean, kind of all like the everything.
0: usual suspects. Yeah. yeah. I guess the big difference is what? did the existing stuff not kill, right? So what does this figure not get? What is uh I mean, Goyf is probably the biggest... Ghastly one. Demise not get.
1: Goyf is probably the biggest defender in that regard, right? Like, in terms of things that this will kill, or stuff like Sarah Avenger that you're only... Yeah, uh,
0: painter Servant.
2: Oh, actually, painter Servant. Being a yeah. one-three. That's a good one.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, ghastly Demise does not kill black creatures, which is definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. You can't kill Death Row, you can't kill Dark Confidant.
1: Even, even Baleful Strix, you, you see your
2: guy yeah. get in or whatever. Yeah. Good card. So,
1: yeah. I was less convinced of how good it is until this conversation, and now I started to realize it's just a little bit better than all of the crappy removal spells I haven't been playing because they're not good enough. I've just been playing Dark Blast or Bust, basically.
2: <laughs> so should we talk over some vintage cards, possible playables in vintage?
0: Yeah, and this is a lot harder to tell, I think, just from looking at the list, than Fatal push.
1: Yeah, I think I think Fatal Push is definitely vintage playable. It's probably not more than a one or two of main deck in most situations, but sometimes you gotta kill a relevant creature and like the mana curve in a lot of non workshop decks is like one, two, and then however much blightsteel cost.
0: Yeah, but maybe the problem is that because that mana curve ramps so quickly in vintage that it doesn't really matter because killing not killing things out of shops is a problem.
1: I think that is true, but it gets most of the things out of shops, especially if you, you know, crack a fetch first. It's actually, I think, worse against Eldrazi, probably. Although, I, well, I don't know, though, because I don't know how often they're playing Smasher. And,
0: right, uh, although, I've interestingly, in Vintage, you're a lot less likely to trigger Revolt, I think, because you're you're going to have less fetches, right? You're going to have actual lands, you're going to have Moxes. Oh, that's true, yeah. I mean,
1: you could have stuff like...
0: Right, I mean, you know, uh, I uh, the flip chase, when, when he flips, is going to trigger Revolt, but... I think generally it's going to happen a lot less. I was going to say
1: stuff like Probe, but now that I'm actually reading Fatal Push again, it's permanent. It's not any card. Delete. Yeah, you have to
0: have a permanent leave yeah. the battlefield.
1: Well, I mean, it would be great in the pile I was playing in Louisville in the Vintage Side events, except I have just had Swords in that spot, so I don't know that I would
2: need more. So I've been uh, staring at Trisky and this new fake Trisky. Yes. Uh, who is slightly better, uh, golden garbage can with razor razors <laughs> attached to it. Yeah, if you haven't figured out what we're talking about, it's uh, Walking Ballista. Uh, walking Ballista enters the battlefield with X plus one, plus one counters on it. And it costs uh, XX. I, I wasn't really you uh, said so that at the beginning. Uh, activate ability four, uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on Walking Ballista. Remove a plus one, plus one counter from Walking Ballista. It deals one damage to target creature or player. Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So. so at six mana,
0: slightly worse than Tristallion, but you can also play it at two mana. You can play it at eight mana. Plus you two. can just add counters later if you've got
1: non-workshop mana available. Right,
0: right. Plays really well with Arcbound Ravager, Hangerback Walker, etc. that are all already good cards. True. Or if Metalworker really comes
1: back into vogue, it's it seems bananas with that.
0: Right, right. Or even if you just top deck it on turn you know, 15 because you've been yeah. spearing the game to that point. Yeah, you know, suddenly you have a ten ten.
1: I like the flavor of this card, and I may be the only person who actually likes the name of it, just because in my head I picture just you know a giant you know siege crossbow with legs walking around. The art doesn't really fit it, I don't think. Like it's not bad, but it's just kind of there. But I'd rather it just have been like the old ballista art from like
2: Weatherlight. There with were some there legs were something like that, yeah. But yeah. Just not
1: with robot legs attached, <laughs> like
2: that's what I want for this card. Old Trisky art is so sick. Yeah, it is it is. Yeah, the
0: That's the most disappointing thing, is this probably replaces Triskelion in a lot of lists, and I love yep. playing old Triskelion.
1: It makes me want to play four and four, but that cannot possibly be right.
0: Well, I, I want to play three or four of these, and four Hanger Backwalkers, and four Arkbound Ravagers, and I don't know what else is in my deck yet, but it's exciting.
1: That sounds brutal. I mean, it sounds like you can't do a thing in the world against Null Rod ever, but I mean... That well, you're like... kind of committed to
0: that as soon as you play Arkbound Ravager.
1: Yeah. That's the mistake I've been playing lately, is I've been trying to play, you know, older, like, Smokestack and just grind, and it's, like, it's not powerful enough to overcome, you know, the the Ravager decks, and the prison strategy I don't think works quite as well as it used to, unfortunately, just against other stuff. So, I would still play this, man, because this thing is fantastic, and the idea of mowing down a bunch of small dudes with it, and then finding a way to recur it with Buried Ruin, maybe, and just going, like, Ballista, Ballista, Ballista you know, murder everything or kill all the dudes and then just recharge it over a couple of turns and get ready for the next round of their guys while you're getting in. Like,
0: yeah. If, I guess if at any point you're not doing anything or you're going to tap all your mana to, to tangle wire or, or what mm-hmm. have you already, you can just dump it into the bliss at first.
1: Yeah. Well, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that's true. Like response to tangle wire, just tap out and pump this man and you still actually have activity for the turn. So, or potentially at least.
2: You you have any other thoughts on that card? Feelings?
0: I feel like that card's going to be really good in Vintage, but... I agree. I guess, Zach, yeah, you're the Shops expert, relatively, we, 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 and you're saying it is, so... I'm
1: the I'm the bad Shops expert, and this looks like a card that I should play, and probably will when I want to do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does lose to Vampire Hexmage, however.
0: Yeah, you don't get the free 1-1 part yeah. of it like you do with Triskelion, but I think it's a pretty good deal.
1: It's funny, in the... In the Mythic Spoiler page, it has the thesaurus of similar cards and has Clockwork Hydra below it, which I have played. And I remember playing Clockwork Hydra and it not seeming, you know, terrible. Pretty sure Clockwork Hydra was terrible. It it was, but it was fun. I played one of them. I don't care. I'd grease it and get in. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Brawl, chief of compliance.
0: Yeah. um, I, I think I put this on the list. I think this is maybe towards the fringe end. Uh, you know, Goblin Electromancer already exists, but the fact that you can play this off of Island Mox might be enough to just see some kind of play.
1: I think that's a possibility, and I think... I honestly, except in the Workshop matchup, I'm not sure that the instant sorceries costing less to cast part is as relevant as getting to loot whatever you counter something. Like, I, I think there may be something there to build just a deck of a million counters that can loot into whatever... Um, I don't know if it's good or not. Like, I don't think that it just slots into a current deck necessarily, but...
0: Yeah. Right, but yeah, maybe there's an argument for the kind of the big spell mana drain decks because it yeah. makes the spells easier to cast and it kind of feeds into the same strategy where you can loot away mm-hmm. whatever you're not going to cast. On the other hand, it's a legendary creature, so you're only ever going to get one of them out.
1: But this is another example of does not die to disfigure because it's a 1-3 and dies to Fatal Push. So.
2: Yep. We already have the answer. Uh, then next up, we have Paradox Engine.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. This is the card I'm the most excited about from this set in Vintage. Uh, if you'll recall from the last set how good Paradoxical Outcome is, this is just like the most completely absurd Tinker Target ever in that deck, and it kind of lets you go infinite with Time fault without a key. Well, wow. I hadn't even thought of that part of it, but you're right. So, yeah, before I get ahead of myself, it's a five-mana artifact, and it says whenever you cast a spell... Untap all of your non land permanents.
2: Legendary artifact. It
0: is a legendary artifact, which I don't believe you're ever going to play more than one, but yeah, I guess letting that stack would be even more absurd.
1: If you could stack them, then it would almost make the notorious TIM viable.
2: No, no, notorious. Notorious. <laughs> notorious Tim's on his way. Okay. I'm, I'm going to Primer soon. Nice.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, what I'm imagining, I'd say I have. Let's, you know, let's be really conservative. Let's say I have Time Vault three Moxes in play, and I cast and uh, this thing, and I cast Paradoxical Outcome targeting my three Moxes. My Moxes untap, I get to make mana again. My Time Vault untaps. My Time Vault untap again every time I replay each Mox.
2: Excellent!
0: That's insane. The, the first thing that I thought
1: of with this card was actually playing, I mean, you could do either Legacy or Vintage, uh, was like Elves. But I don't know that it's better than just Natural Order, because it's one mana more, and I, at, at the point where this really gets you going, you probably just hoof and kill them. But yeah, I think in Vintage, in the Paradoxical Outcome deck, it's going to be absolutely bananas. Yeah, I mean, and still can't beat a
0: Null Rod, but... And it may be a win more kind of thing, but I feel like this is better than Tinkering for Jar a lot of the time. And it'll, it'll set you up for things like uh, Candelabra Untapping Academy to go essentially infinite on mana.
1: I think you're right. Like, I think just
0: it's just playing to... it with Time Vault seems absurd. Yeah. It doesn't even matter what else. I mean, you can just have Time Vaults in play. If you manage to get this in play, you cast, like, three random spells, and you cast Time Walk three times. It doesn't even matter if they counter your spells or, you know, at pretty much every card you draw is now Time Walk.
1: I mean, you'd think that by the time you have Vault out, you're probably okay anyway, but yeah, this thing is the best Vault enabler, I think, that
0: we've seen so far. And and none of your pieces get misstep this way, for what it's worth, right? Because it's yeah. time bolt tinker and this five mana thing. Oh that's true, yeah. I mean the
1: only way that it's bad is well, in a situation where it's already a bad spot where you know you are hell bent and you rip it off the top and then it does nothing and Yeah, like, it's a giant
0: five mana do nothing. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> those those occasions in the outcome deck I would imagine are pretty rare unless you're already just gonna die anyway. So
0: yeah, generally it's pretty hard to just kind of run out of cards and still be in a game. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess if it was still something like Memory Jar, that could get you right back into the game. I'm sure there's some other weird combo application. It's just a very powerful effect, but I don't know what it is.
2: Next up, we have Barricade Breaker. Seven mana casting cost artifact creature. Sure sure not. Right improvise um your artifacts can help cast the spell each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one Barricade breaker attacks each combat if able
1: i think um i like this card a lot although i don't know that it's playable compared with you know the things that have come out for shops in the last few sets it's a seven five by the way it's a it's a yeah oh yeah sorry yeah it's a it's a 7-5, it must attack if able. I I like the idea of being able to tap all the spheres to break even or thorns to make it cheaper. Like, that's pretty cool. But, like, starting out 7 mana is kind of high for a dude that doesn't have haste or anything. Although, a lot of the decks are playing greaves, so you could at least, you know, put the boots on him and go. But, like, I don't know. Flavor-wise, I love this card. I'm not sure that it's very good, though, because you can definitely block it with walls. It does not have the most relevant of Juggernaut text
2: it just keep making juggernaut art that just yells and screams trample yeah. yeah
0: and i'm i'm kind of surprised it doesn't have it doesn't like cost a mana and have trample or something
1: yeah i think it it lo- the art looks like it has trample it's trampling over some car or something right now <laughs> yeah, I, yeah.
0: And I don't think there's a better improvised guy unfortunately it seems yeah. like it could be really a really powerful effect but
1: I think this guy is, like, just a little bit off. Like, I think if he were something like an 8-4 or, like, even a 7-4 with some sort of evasion ability, it doesn't have to be, you know, can't be blocked by walls. It'd be better to be something relevant, but um, something like that maybe it would be closer. Or even if it was, like, haste and must attack if able, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably build some crappy aggro deck that can play Null Rod and then play this. Because it's not using activated abilities of the artifact, I don't think.
0: I believe you're correct. I think it works like Convoke. Yeah. You can Convoke through Curse Totem, so this should be the same.
1: Oh yeah, because it's an ability of another card that you're actually right. Utilized. The ability lives on Barricade Breaker. Well, I mean, maybe there's room for it that way. You know, it's a big dude that you can play in a deck full of Null Rods. Granted, you're gonna have a harder time getting to seven mana, but you don't need to as much if you can just tap the Null Rods to cast them more easily. Sure. Plus, you can play Cavernal Juggernaut.
2: True. That's the real victory, isn't it? (laughs) So i got another card that might be vintage playable I'm curious about you guys' opinions on, which is uh, Scrap Trawler, three-mana-costed artifact creature construct. Whenever Scrap Trawler or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return to your hand target artifact card in your graveyard with lesser-converted mana cost. And this is 3-2.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of a junk diver esque thing, but it works for all of your stuff. Get small things back.
1: I feel like if there's room to do something with it, it's it maybe works as a way to chain out stuff in one of the Ravager type decks. Like if you sack smaller dudes and then bigger dudes, you know the triggers will let you get the smaller dudes back. Uh, that kind of thing, so that you can you can get. I don't know, more value out of it. I don't know if it's good enough to do, but I would probably try with at least a couple of these things. Because, I mean, if nothing else, it's a 3-2, which is a respectable body, especially if you got some spheres out.
0: Yeah, it's a 3-2 with upside for 3, right? Yeah. I mean, like Some decks
1: only have disenchant-type effects, and you can just go workshop this guy and potentially get at least some value out of every removal spell that they have, if they're playing Fatal Push instead of Swords, for example. And a lot of times, like, those kind of one-for-ones where they have a couple of draw spells are where you end up losing if you can't, you know, either lock them out of the game or, you know, kill them before they get online. So maybe it helps counteract that. Maybe it's like a sideboard card against decks with a lot of removal.
0: Kind of similar to how Eldrazi Mimic works as kind of the filler in some of the Eldrazi decks, Yeah. where it's just super irritating to deal with, even if it's not, uh, you know, a really powerful card.
2: We got some fringe playables to talk about now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this our- is the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, Crackdown Construct, 4 mana, Artifact Creature. It is a uh, Construct. Whenever you activate an ability of an artifact or creature that isn't a mana ability, Crackdown Construct gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Gentlemen, 2-2 two, two creature. I keep forgetting to say it's power and toughness. It's fucked that's ah, whatever
0: I mean
1: it's it, it's good to be thorough but at the same time I mean most people are going to be listening to this on smartphones
2: or laptops
0: so I hope so because we're it's mentioning a bunch of other random cards that people may or might not
2: know yeah or they're probably just not listening really <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. They, they, they heard
1: Fringe Playable and went oh never mind this is five a to the pro tour <laughs>
2: yeah I apologize to the five listeners well if anybody was
0: listening to this to win the pro tour you've done something horribly wrong that is true
2: <laughs>
0: so
1: I'm gonna just gonna go with what Sean has been rambling about, which has just been posting every zero mana activated ability that he can find when talking about this card. Um, so Lightning Greaves is probably the most relevant. Now you need a second creature for that, I think.
0: But yeah, you all, all you need is a second creature and, and them to not be able to block. Sweet,
1: like Shuko was another one that's zero activation. Even right, that aren't like
0: necessarily zero assault drops? monolith because the untap yeah. is not a mana ability. Oh, that's true. Yeah. If you wanted to just go, you know, eight wake thrashers aggro, you could do it. That no, that's terrible.
1: no. I think this card is one of those that's kind of narrow, but in the sort of all-out workshop, murder you as fast as possible decks. I think I think it probably fits because again, you know, you're going to play quad greaves, and you know, it gains off of sacking things to ravager and then Ravager can it stack itself and dump all the counters on it. Using
0: your walking ballista.
1: Yes, it does. Ramp ballista, put a counter on this thing, activate ballista to kill something, put a counter on this thing. Like,
0: Yeah, unfortunately it's not counters on this guy, or it would be super good in that deck. He's just yeah. until end of turn. I
1: don't know, this makes me want to play like one... I don't know Diamond Valley or something in the deck so that like even if you can't get in you can you just ramp him to, you know, a billion off of Shuko and then gain a billion life and dare your opponent to kill you.
0: They're just going to go home because you're playing Shuko and Diamond Valley.
1: <laughs> Which means either that they will crush you or they will scoop out of confusion because they will not know what any of these cards do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean Diamond Valley I think is Arabian Nights, so it's only English, but Shuko you can get in a number of fancy languages and then have judges
0: your opponent is going to ask what it does if you play an English one. I mean, <laughs> that's true.
2: Man, I love Diamond Valley so much.
0: So you should play it with
1: this. We'll build we'll build the the Valley Construct deck. Like Diamond Crackdown. Call it Diamond Crackdown.
0: Hey, you could play this with actual Crackdown, right? Cuz every, every time it'll shrink underneath. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, no, Sorry, now we're getting real terrible. The next card that we talk about is Trophy Mage.
0: Yeah, not uh, not quite Trinket Mage, not quite Treasure Mage.
2: Same family.
0: But only finds three cost artifacts.
2: Possibly a sister to Trinket Mage. It's a little flavor for you guys listening, a little Borthos. <laughs> um, Trophy Mage, two colorless, one blue creature, human wizard. Droving Mage enters the battlefield. You may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost three, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Tokens of the past will help us forge the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I, the thing I that think I think I the problem
0: know, is this doesn't find enough things, and it's kind of slow.
1: I mean, it's it's super fringy, but I think like it, the things I would want to play it in if I were playing this card would be either. Any sort of deck that can use it to go get you know Crucible or Trinisphere,
0: a lot of them aren't. A lot of are
1: as powerful if you can't you know play them super fast. Either that, or you can get all of the sort of you know X and Y. Uh, if you're playing like C Stompy in 2017, sure. Or
0: Vidalcan uh, my favorite card that's no longer playable because of Abrupt Decay. But yeah.
1: that, that card did take a nosedive with the printing of Abrupt Decay. That is true. But
0: I don't think there's any combo deck where there's you have. Two, three mana artifacts as your combo pieces, which is the other time I can see this being good.
2: Well, cards that are not very powerful, we have Treasure Keeper. This is a four mana costed spell. It's a creature. It's an artifact creature construct. When Treasure Keeper dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card with converted mana cost three or less. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost all revealed cards not cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. Say 3-3.
0: Yes. So I guess the best way to talk about this is it's like Cascade when he dies. I don't know if it matters that this is essentially Cascade at CMC 3.
1: My first thought when I saw this card was I didn't read it well and I thought it was just regular Cascade which confused me that they didn't just say Cascade in which case I thought it was completely bananas. Um, Having read it this way like that seems real iffy.
0: It's it's another one of those cards kind of in line with uh, Matter Reshaper. Or, yeah.
2: Well, what if I told you this card had a beautiful wife named Metallic Mimic? <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so two-mana, Artifact Creature, Shapeshifter. Uh, as Metallic Mimic enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Uh, Metallic Mimic is the chosen creature type in addition to its other types. Each other creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield with an additional plus-one, plus-one counter on it, and it is a
1: 2-1. So I have two questions about this card. Um, it's not about this card. Triskelion is a construct, correct? Yes. Okay, because
0: Walking I believe Ballista... believe anything that didn't have an explicit type back in the day became a construct. Okay.
1: Because, like, Walking Ballista and Hangerback Walker are constructs also, so this just, you know, values all of them a little bit more.
0: Yeah, Arc um, crowned Ravager is a beast, unfortunately.
1: Oh, that's true, yeah. The other thing that I thought of in looking at this card that I mentioned earlier was just that it's like a it's like the ideal spike lord, if you're gonna for some reason play spike tribal.
0: Yeah, so, or, or uh, just you if you're playing all, some tribe yeah. that doesn't have a two mana lord, right? Not mm-hmm. everybody is Merfolk.
2: Yeah, this opens up a lot of tribes. Kind of just opens up the world of magic, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the only problem being that you need this guy first for your other guys to get pumped. You can't like play That's tribal true. one drop and then play this guy
2: and get pumped. Like it would well in slivers, for instance, which, which you wouldn't replace a lord.
0: Tribes that don't have a two-mana lord. I could see trying to cram it into zombies. Like dwarves and zombies, yeah. Sure. I think zombies is probably one of the better ones for that. Zombies, I think, has is, is always been the closest to being a real tribal deck, mm. for whatever that means.
1: I think instead of a two-mana lord, Zombies just has Goblin Bombardment.
0: Yeah, or, or where you have basically assemble it yourself with Carrion Feeder and uh, what's the captain from Innistrad? Stromkirk Captain? No, that's the Vampire. Anyway, I... it's the blue-black zombie captain that drains your opponent for one every time one of your guys dies. And you can kind of build your own deal with uh, Carrion
2: Feeder and Gravecrawler and whatnot. Triple zombies, zombies
0: is closer to being good than people think, but it's not good.
2: I mean, you'll probably see it at Gigabytes.
0: Oh, I'll probably play it again at some point and cram this guy in there and lose a lot.
1: I, I feel like, Evan, that was your way of
2: saying that you're going to play it at Gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, I, I would anticipate Sean's play it as well. Oh, yeah, true.
0: Yeah, I, if anybody wants to play it, I can loan them 90% of the rest of the zombie deck.
2: A Butchered Ghoul. Uh, Butcher Ghouls: One colorless, one black, one one undying. When this creature dies, if it has no plus one plus one counters on it, turn it to the back.
0: Yeah, any of the undying stuff does, right? Uh, yeah. What was the one from the What's more that recent Innistrad? Endless ranks of.
1: Endless ranks of the dead.
0: Yeah, and that do something with counters, am I?
1: I think that counts the number of zombies you had, wasn't it?
0: No, then that's not what I'm thinking of. There's a creature that's like the other version of the art on that card.
2: Deathbringer Thoktar. This, card. this card's sick.
0: We're just looking
1: up bad zombie cards now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I won't do it. But Deathbringer
2: Thoktar has the Triskelion text
1: of removing plus one plus one counters to shoot things. So you can sack and recur uh, Gravecrawler a million times, and then Deathbringer Thoktar can just
0: brutalize anything your opponent has. Oh, shit. Frankenstein's monster. Nice. Yeah. Got to remember to get the right counters on there, though.
2: That's true. I'll play Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Posts and candelabras, or borgs. Nice. I like when these conversations
1: derail into nonsense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out where, where we were supposed to be at this point.
1: Uh, I think we were talking about Metallic Mimic. and
2: Yeah, so we go to the next card that we'd cover is Gifted Etherborn.
1: I like that card. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you have Vampire Lords, or if you just play Metallic Mimic as a Vampire Lord, then it's pretty cool. Or I like Gifted Aetherborn with uh, Doran in the Siege Tower, because I like everything with Doran in the Siege Tower. And making him a 3-3 for that is just bananas. I mean, relative to what he is normally. Maybe in Pox, you can
2: slot this card in.
1: Maybe, yeah. If you're If you're doing fewer of the actual Pox effects and just going with more, like, straight, you know, land destruction discard kind of thing... I think it would
0: definitely do well.
2: I mean, that's what I was thinking with like, yeah. not playing Innocent Blood as it opens up, yeah. up the clock.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe there's it. something like The Gate used to be, um, which played a bunch of Vampire Nighthawks and and losing flying to make it a mana cheaper is pretty good.
1: You could just play eight of them and then never lose to burn, probably.
0: Well, I mean, The Gate could already never lose to burn. You had four Nighthawks and three Jits.
1: Oh, I forgot about Jit. Yeah, never mind.
0: That was because you were playing through bitter blossoms and four confidants, so it's all trade-offs. Nobody listening probably has any idea what I'm talking about anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've laid out like a third of the deck.
0: Nay, yeah, I mean, it was a Evan mono invokes, black
1: agro control that deck in like
0: 2011. They played like gatekeeper of Malakir and Himba Torak and Cabal therapy.
1: Now, did you did it play enough sac effects to play stuff like abyssal persecutor?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. There are at least okay. three Abyssal Persecutors. Yeah, four Therapies, four Gatekeepers.
1: Persecutor's another card There's that a can sweet die to deck. fatal push but cannot die to disfigure, so. Hope of
2: Ghirapur. Uh I don't, one, I don't know how you say that name, but. Uh, I've been saying Ghirapur. Uh One colorless mana. Legendary artifact creature. Thopter. Flying. Sacrifice Hope of Girapor. Until your next turn, target player who has dealt combat damage by Hope of Ghiraport this turn can't cast non-creature spells. The Renegades Mountain, an Aether Disruptor around the Lightweight Thopter to destroy Tesseret's Plana Bridge.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, it's a 1-1 if we
1: didn't mention that. <laughs> I
2: always forget that. So,
1: it, so it's a legendary flying man with some other stuff. Chalice is restricted, so you can cast it reliably off Workshop most of the time, or Cavern on. If you have your one chalice out and it's on one,
0: yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Xantid Swarm. I can um, see there being different things with this where you just, if you have some way to recur it, uh, because they can't play spells on their turn either. It's not just the rest of your turn. Yeah. Because it's until your next turn.
1: But it's non creature, whereas Xantid Swarm is all spells. But I It's have, also not green, which. That is a big one.
0: Right, but you have to sacrifice it, which probably means it's not happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, ideally you'd use it to set up for one ridiculous haymaker turn, but the format where it seems most likely to get that swing in is probably vintage, but by that point you should already have your crazy stuff happening already. But I don't it probably know.
0: doesn't matter anymore, but you can now yeah. play Tiny Leaders with a colorless deck, if that's still a thing. <laughs>
2: that's true. So the next card's kind of interesting, Hidden Stockpile. Zach, do you want to read this card off?
1: Yes, uh, this card is exciting to me. So Hidden Stockpile, uh, Enchantment, Black-White, uh, Revolt at the beginning of your end step. If a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Servo artifact creature token. And also you can pay a colorless and sacrifice a creature to Scry 1. This card, I I could imagine some standard deck trying to make like an actual archetype out of it, but I, I don't know enough about that crap. Um, I... I picture playing it in some grindy junk deck where I'm going to have 8,000 removal spells and it serves, I mean, with a bunch of removal spells and fetch lands and even, like, top if you need to to make sure that it triggers each time, like, I just imagine using this to grind out long, long games, potentially. And being able to sack something like a, you know, veteran explorer, for example, to scry doesn't seem like the worst. Um I think yeah. just having it be a bitter blossom that doesn't, you know, make you lose life is pretty good as long as you can keep, you know, permanents churning in and out. So does
2: this go directly into your Nick Fit deck?
1: That I'm not sure of. Just because I no, because you're going to deed it all the away. time. Um, I do have some token generators in there, so the deed has a little bit of non-synergy with those. Um, right. but it's Stuff like Grave Titan that usually just comes down and wins the game like almost immediately. But I could see building something similar. Like if I just took out deed and decided to play. A million one for ones and a little bit more card draw then I would I would definitely want like one or two of these in the deck because I think there's at least a possibility that the card ends up just like taking over a game against certain opponents like i I may be over overstepping or overestimating a little bit, but it seems pretty good against something like miracles just because it's you know some card selection and some recursive ability to create a dude
0: yeah anything that creates more than one. Threat per card can be pretty good.
1: Or you can play it with anything if you, I don't know, splash it in something that lets you steal your opponent's stuff. Like if you have... An old, isn't it Old Man of the Sea that lets you just grab your opponent's dude until Old Man untaps? Yep. So you just use him with Old Man of the Sea and then sack your opponent's dude, which, to be fair, works with every creature sack outlet on Earth. But, you know, new cards and get them to play with Old Man of the Sea. That makes me happy. <laughs> or good Preacher. Good Diamond Valley. Or Preacher, then you don't have to splash another color. Or Diamond Valley, and then you know, you can
0: show off the value. <laughs> and now we've come full circle.
2: Yep. It all makes sense now. <laughs> well, next card. Renegade Rallier. One colorless, one green, one white. Creature, human warrior. Revolt. When Renegade Rallier enters the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, it's a 3-2. This fight belongs to us all!
1: (laughs) So we have another bad Braveheart speech at the bottom of a card. Cool. The art is really generic. It's just a dude on a metal horse. But I like this card. This feels like a stupid card. I'm going to play in stupid decks. And occasionally going to get back either... You know, you can get back Hidden Stockpile if they get rid of it somehow, you know? Or you get back Bitter Blossom, or you get back Kazali Pride Mage, or like...
0: You get back your veteran explorer so you can keep yeah. going.
1: Yeah, get back Stoneforge Mystic, and then Stoneforge for another weapon. I don't know if it's good, but I think that there's a bad Cavern of Humans deck that gets a little bit better for having this thing, because you can get back basically any other human besides the Knight of the Reliquary. Would this possibly go in Vintage Humans? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't played Vintage Humans, but...
0: It's it's worth noting this gets back any permanent, not just creatures.
1: Yes, that right. is true. So
0: if, what's your worst-case scenario is you, you fetch, play a 3-2, and get your fetch back? Kind of okay to me. You good. also
1: use it for random wasteland recursion.
0: Ooh. I mean, 3-2 for 3 is always good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with Zach, though. Waste your opponent, play this guy, get wasteland back, waste your yeah. opponent.
1: Because it doesn't go to hand, so you don't. It what doesn't kill. You, you can one up them with Wasteland or Strip Mine or whatever with this. Yeah, or you know, Pride Mage if you've got another mana to blow up another artifact enchantment. Maybe Zoo. I mean, I'm all for anything that gives Zoo decks additional value because I like decks of creatures attacking
2: that are not just you know easy mode spaghetti monsters. You know what's good in Zoo right now? Kosali Ambusher.
1: <laughs> I love that man. Oh dude, I I snap bought that card when it came out because goblins was like forty percent of the format, and I just wanted to be able to fetch. Uh, what is it? Uh, it requires planes and forest. to yeah. be able to do it. I just wanted to be able to like in response to Lackey attacking, like fetch Savannah and wolf that guy down, and, <laughs> and it just get you on the on the on the Lackey. It was never good, but man, it was fun. Just want to try
2: tryhards Delver with it so bad.
1: And <laughs> when they get in before it flips. Oh, we know it has reach, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, nice. Delver Discard, killer. Discard uh Kazali Ambusher, destroy target Delver. I like it.
2: Nice combat trick to it. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Plus, it's it's pretty good at dealing against the uh, the soft counters. Like you know, you do the you do the sad pose because you don't have any any creature to play in response to their Delver. So of course they nat flip it and start to attack, and then you just you know fetch, leave yourself untapped, and play that guy, and get around the days at least. So. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. That has nothing to do with Renegade Rallyer, but it goes in the same deck. So, you know, more Cavern of Bad Green-White. You top out with Mystic Enforcer in that deck, which also lives through Fatal Push.
2: All right, we got Demon. Demon's dot deck. Zach, you want to go over this card? I'm very happy to
1: go over this, man. Herald of Anguish is black-black five, Demon. Uh, Has Improvise, Flying. Uh, Beginning of your end step, each opponent discards a card. And it's black one, sacrifice an artifact to give target creature minus two, minus two until end of turn. This card gets me ever so slightly closer to the mono black stacks deck that I've been trying to build for like seven years. That just tops out. It originally topped out with Grave Titan. Now I figure I would want Grave Titan, like one Titan and like two of this guy. I don't think it's going to ever, you know, top eight a Grand Prix or anything, but it's just so sweet though.
0: Yeah. I I love the way this card's designed though, because you play out all these artifacts, it makes your guy cheaper, and then you have him around to kind of throw your opponent's dudes. Yep. I like it a lot. Oh good. So nice, if you nice, have nice extra chalices or turnospheres or whatever in your demon stompy deck, you can start killing their guys.
1: Yeah, I like I like that it puts pressure on so if you're coming from the other angle of playing like heavy, heavy discard, um, I don't know how many artifacts you'd still have at that point, but um, you know, it plays into the discard angle. Um and I, it feels like a card that if it came out two or three years ago would have had at the beginning of the year and stepped each player discards a card, or you know something that punishes you for all the other things. But I like that it's just all upside. I mean, granted it's five five for seven, so it should be all upside. But you know, I feel like if this was printed earlier, it would have been like six mana, five five with some negative, and not discarding cards out of your opponent's hand. So it's creeping power in the level that I like, which is with cards that are still fairly bad. (laughs) But I I like it.
2: If you resolve this man and he's running in the board for two turns, I can't see how you're going to lose in most situations. I don't either. Yeah. Getting back to earlier, it's actually pretty sweet with
0: Hidden Stockpile. That's true, yeah. Because you sack your artifact and you get a replacement one every time.
1: Oh, that's true, yeah, because it's a Servo. Yeah, good call. Yeah.
0: No, I still don't think that's good. I mean, guess maybe that's a standard deck. What do I know? But Problem is, I started of talking about standard. That's my that, that
1: <laughs> Evans burp is the appropriate response to that.
2: <laughs> they love some five five demons.
1: They definitely do, and I love some five five demons.
2: I do too. Like that
1: arch demon of whatever island in Italy that was that came out in conspiracy.
0: Oh God! It's the name of whatever the city four, in conspiracy four is. Five uh, Poliano. Sure. It sounds there's like there's a card conspiracy. that has the actual name, but I guess it doesn't really matter.
1: I mean, it sounds like that conspiracy set was vaguely based on the the you know Italian political wrangling during the Renaissance or something, and they just happened to have a giant demon flying around during it, which is fine like that sounds cool like i would I would play that
2: set, but I think G-Zone kind of set the standard for demons, although he's not a demon
1: he's not, but he is the mold definitely we yeah. see a lot more you see a lot more either that or you see him follow in the Lord of the pit mold of having an extreme cost involved
0: um so go to the next card. Uh, Cogwork Assembler mm-hmm. here. It just looks like one of the dudes from Daft Punk. That's all I can see. Yeah, I think you're right there. See,
1: I was thinking of Cobra Commander, just because of like the smooth face.
0: To actually talk about the card here. Yeah. It's a three-mana artifact creature assembly worker. Uh, and it has an activated ability. Seven, create a token that's a copy of target artifact. The token gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. And it's a two three. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting concept. I don't know if there's some relevant way to go infinite with cloning metal workers. Sure, there is. It's probably bad.
1: It's probably not good. But you just, if you got a metal worker that taps for eight, you just, you know, one plus one on mana each time until you have some arbitrary amount of mana, and then create, you know, x amount more tokens <laughs> to attack with. You know, it's still not good, probably, especially compared with walking ballista. But it's another card. Yeah, nice.
0: I guess as long as your metal worker makes. You're gonna generate functionally infinite mana, and then you just make infinite like copies of these guys. You can just make infinite 2 two threes and kill your opponent. Yeah, that's, so you make... that's not actually that bad. Because I can totally see this being you know kind of fringe playable in in some deck that has metal worker already. Metal this guy four artifacts in your hand is your opponent being dead. Yes, I don't know. Could be powerful. Clones things. It doesn't have to do it.
1: I don't know if this is better than just having Staff, though. Right. I don't, know, I don't remember what the cutoff is for infinite mana with Staff and Domination. And, I mean, if you can draw your whole deck, you're going to kill them anyway. So. Right. Unless they, right. Unless they have uh, Leovold, <laughs> in which case this guy is clearly better.
0: This guy just kind of fits in as, like, a totally random castable guy with upside, yeah. which is probably not good enough, but it's interesting.
2: You guys want to go on to the next card? Green Wheel Liberator.
0: I think I threw this on here. It probably doesn't matter. Creature for green one. Elf Warrior, which probably doesn't matter, but I could be wrong. Uh, Revolt, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. And it's a 4-3 for two a lot of the time. Now, does that matter in a world where time exists? Maybe not.
1: I mean, Talara's Battalion already existed, which is... Green 1, 4-3 Trample, uh, only if you played another green spell this turn. Um, liberator, all you have to do is fetch.
0: Yeah, um, we're definitely getting towards the end of Fringe Playables here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of on that note, uh, Winding Constrictor. So um, art, it's art is a 2-3 Snake for black-green. And if one or more counters would be placed on an artifact or creature you control, that many plus one are placed instead. If you would get one or more counters, you get that many of those counters plus one instead. It's kind of a cool mini doubling season, hardened scales thing. Probably doesn't matter, but considering it's a reasonable cost on a guy to begin with, you know, kind of something to keep in the the back of your mind in the future.
1: The The first thing that I thought of, oh, that's cool, I can get extra Planeswalker loyalty out of it. And then the second part about if I would get more counters, I thought, oh, I'm going to die to Infect even more often now.
0: Yeah, I think it's in this set to, for getting energy, but it would also yeah. affect poison counters.
1: Yeah, I mean, for energy gathering, or if you're trying to do other stuff like it seems cool, or if you're just playing a ton of Planeswalkers, it's cool. Um, I'm already terrible against Infect, so I don't know why I'm worried about that. Maybe you play this and Metallic Mimic in your... Cavern of Constructs deck so that you can get eight thousand counters on all of your things right away.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cavern of
1: Snakes. Let's yes, go. At, yeah, let's do it. Play River Boa, Meyer Boa. This doesn't help either of those, but if we're on Cavern of Snakes, you gotta play them.
0: Well you you could ramp up your Aether Vials faster, I guess if that matters, right? Well, that's true, yeah. No, it's
1: not a so it's not a May ability, so you'd have to step up your vials to Oh, you'd
0: five. have to go by twos. Yeah. Interesting.
1: So you'd have to like play this guy like get a vial, choose not to tick it, play this guy, and then the next turn you could start going two, four,
0: six, eight. Yeah, you could also tick up things like smokestack in the mm. same way. Whoa.
1: Savage or play tanglewire and have it be on five
0: past turn. Well, the Tanglewire's not going to go off, right? Or I guess yeah, no. When it comes into play, well, when it comes in, it'll get it though. Yeah, but I'm just imagining smokestack smoke stack. going straight from zero to two. Oh, that's
1: it's savage! I oh, I want I want to play this now. Green black stacks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to play nice a two-mana creature that co- that costs two different colors of mana. And dies to Bolt. Right. <laughs> I
1: have to make Lightning Bolt a valid card against me. Well, that's not true. I play, you know, a thousand ancient tombs, as I draw sometimes, so...
0: Reasonably costed guy with a powerful effect stable to it. So yeah. I totally see this being good in the future. Totally. Yeah,
1: I think there are... Or, you know, it's another thing that worked well with Spikes. You can play green-black Spikes and get all the counters. But again, those Spikes are not, you know,
0: you're not going to win a Grand Prix with that. Never going to make the Pro Tour. I mean, I'd be pretty impressed, but yeah. Yeah, if if you win any tournament with more than 50 people playing Cavern of Spikes, I will buy you a steak dinner. You can quote me on that.
1: I'm going to start building Cavern of Spikes. We'll see what happens. Let's party.
0: To be fair, yeah, we're not counting like EDH or anything. This has got to be no, Legacy no. or Vintage. I assume that you meant Legacy or Vintage, yeah. Or I should clarify if I'm making arbitrary claims on the air.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the only other format I guess would be Modern, right? Like
0: that's that's yeah. not a format I would not that doesn't play count.
1: Modern for a steak dinner. I don't think so. Yeah, uh,
0: that sure. also doesn't count. Modern is not an eternal format.
2: That's true. And our last fringe card: Release the Gremlins.
0: XX Red Sorcery Destroy X target artifacts, create X two two red gremlin creature tokens. For the record I'm not sure this is actually good. But the name is pretty sweet. It's probably always going to be worse than something like Melt Shatterstorm or or what have you. Yeah. But the fact that it scales and kinda of does something else is interesting. Sure. I mean it
2: is technically a win condition. If it was instant speed, I'd give it more credibility. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I don't know what
1: you really target with it, though, because, like, it seems like the biggest weakness, if we're talking, you know, vintage playability at least, the biggest thing it's going to be useful against is obviously shops, but if they've got a ton of spheres out, you're never going to be able to play this profitably anyway. Yeah, and,
0: and I guess if you go far enough back, you'd rather play Builder's Bane and just get your opponent for every artifact you destroy.
1: Yeah. I think you'd rather just have Meltdown, probably.
0: Well, I don't know, though.
1: Rack and Ruin is probably actually the call there, just so you can make sure to get two things. <clears throat> right. Or right. if you can or if you can fart out Vashino Heretic and keep it around, then, you know, just win the grind.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure this is actually good, but it's kind of sweet.
1: I mean, I want to get it and just have it altered into William Shatner from the Twilight Zone episode, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, when he just sees the gremlin out on the wing of the plane and is flipping out over it. Let's see if I can get him to sign it if he's back at Dragon Con or something.
2: Um so moving away from cards, I think we've exhausted ourselves going deep into the set. Um, it was a great review, had a really great time. We have a big question that came across on MTG the source. It's a very generalized question, but thought I'd ask it to you too, because I think one of you likes legacy more than the other, and might have a cool conversation, and that question is, "Do you enjoy legacy? Zach, let's start with you. How do you um, feel about Legacy? Do you enjoy it? Do you have fun playing it? Is it miserable? Is it something that you're just okay doing?
1: Uh, I think for me, it's it's almost not really about the format. Um, I like a lot of what you can do in Legacy, like a lot of the decks that exist in it, but the decks that I want to play normally aren't that good. Like I was talking about earlier, like I usually will play either Veteran Explorer, which is fine depending on the meta, or I play Enchantress, and Enchantress is pretty miserable if your opponent knows what you're doing and knows to counter the Enchantress. But, like, they're fun, and there's plenty of stuff. Like, every stupid cavern deck that we've thrown out, like, you can build any of those in Legacy and play them, and they're fun. But I think, like, the limit of it for me is, like, playing in random side events and stuff, or, like, local store events. Because, like, the, it, it's not it's not that Legacy is not an open format, it's just that the distance between like a good, I'm using air quotes here, you know, good deck that you're going to win a Grand Prix with or whatever, and the average just garbage pile that you can put together that's going to be fun, and you might be able to tune into something decent. Like That gulf has gotten bigger and bigger the longer I've been playing the format. And I think it's inevitable with card printings, but it still makes me sad. And I don't play that much anymore just because like I'll spend a few weeks and go, oh, this deck seems cool, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to go play, and then you just get smashed by... You know, Delver, Nat, Flip, and three soft counters, and like that—that that inspires me not to want to play it. Um, I'll, I'll use the best example of that is when we went to Louisville and I was playing the Vintage Side events. I played Vintage Veteran Explorer Rock, which was a stupid pile, but it did you know reasonably because people have no idea what is going on, you know, or expecting it, and because I played against a lot of either Delver Mentor or Workshop decks. And churning out a ton of removal and a ton of basic lands is really good there. And in a way, it felt like the format was almost more open than Legacy, which I know on paper isn't actually true, but it felt like that. And like I kind of miss Legacy feeling that way, because it used to be the Wild West. But I don't think that's ever coming back. All right. uh, I got through that without complaining about Brainstorm. All right, sweet.
0: Well, as, as the person that, that generally tends to like Legacy a lot more than probably most of the people you, you'll ever hear on this cast... And play uh, more. That's true. Uh, I, I, I mostly like where Legacy's at. I mean, I like playing Brainstorm. I like playing a, bi- a pile of cantrips and Do Nothing and Miracles is, has kind of been my pet deck since before it was a thing and I'm happy that that still exists. But we, it's definitely true that kind of all the fringe stuff has slid farther away. Uh, I'd say kind of the whole Treasure Cruise era made everybody realize how good Brainstorm and Ponder and and just being really efficient mana wise, playing all the extra cantrips is, and I, you know, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, and everything else that gets printed is just more efficient and seems to fit into those strategies easily. Uh, things like mentor, and you know, so like I'm still having a good time with Legacy, but I probably don't go play Magic as much in general anymore because it, because it just gets repetitive. So get it, sure. you, you know, I played the. The first day of the GP in Louisville, you know, did okay, had a good time, and then I decided I was going to have more fun playing vintage side events. And that's probably the first time I've really felt like that at a legacy GP. You know, normally I'll play in whatever the the Super Sunday series is, and I'll play even if I'm X and 4 in that, and I'll keep playing it. Yeah, and I, I guess some of it is, I, you know, I've just been busier otherwise and haven't had as much time to play Magic lately, and I don't feel like I'm as prepared for uh, the internet, if you
2: will. Always a war with the internet.
0: I think that's, I think that's
1: the number one goal. Is not It's not even to try to take down a tournament or anything. It's just to make someone from the internet miserable.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I played three rounds in Louisville playing Enchantress, and the highlight of it was uh, one of my opponents having to call a judge multiple times because of me playing a heavily foreign Enchantress deck So, like, one of them was, like, Oracle Text on Wild Growth, which was beta, but beta does have a lot of weird wording sometimes, so he was trying to make sure it didn't have, like, the forest clause on Utopia Sprawl. Um, And then, you know, one of them was, like, does True Name Nemesis live through the abyss? And, like, at no point was I, like, I'm going to take down this Grand Prix, I'm going to go to the Pro Tour, it was just, you know, I found a deal on an abyss and I want to play it in a Grand Prix, so I'm going to play the abyss.
0: I remember a lot of the time in the first year or two uh, of, of when I started playing Legacy seriously. So, say 2009, 2010. I mean, I was playing Mono Black the Gate, like we were talking about earlier, and I was doing just fine with that deck. Yeah. And I think the gap between that and a lot of the the blue decks, a lot of the internet decks, has really gotten a lot bigger.
1: Oh, that's definitely true. I mean, when, when was the last time Devastating Dreams was playable?
0: You sure, can. even to not get into a, a specific card, you yeah. know, like, we've gotten to the point where there's just not that many other strategies that can really meaningfully keep up with Brainstorm and Ponder and etc. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Right? That of, shell is just too good.
1: Mm hmm. Because, like, you can do a million other things, and it is a bunch of different archetypes, whether it's, you know, Reanimator, Sneak Show, Miracles, any of the variety of Delver decks, or, you know, uh, uh, Stoneforge decks piles or whatever. But it's almost like if you're not either on that paradigm or playing, you know, Jund with eight thousand buckets of removal spells and stuff, then like and even Jund I think is dropping off now. Like it feels I like it's a so, yeah. to kind of stay up. Uh to stay, you know, competitive.
0: So Yeah and, and I think just playing Cantrips lets you play kind of every other efficient spell and you can play things that are really powerful, but not always good because you can make sure you draw them at the right time. And you're not just hoping to get lucky. You know, if you're going to play, what what is it? Grand Prix. Now it's a 16 round tournament. Uh, I believe it's six, right? It's nine and then six. That's 15. I swear I can do math.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I uh, I guess my point of view is slightly different, which is, I mean, I enjoy Legacy. I I definitely realize it's constraints. I try to just work around them and still squeeze in weird stuff when I can, but lately I've been playing higher tier decks to get a better feel for them. Um, Just in my more competitive play, not that I care hugely about that, but I do find that interesting. Like I go to weeklies and tournaments, I'm just kind of seeing more of a, a distance with how many, like, 15-round tournaments there even is. Mm-hmm. So, like, with Legacy, it's like, do we really have so many huge events where our decks are fully constrained? Like, I mean, like, you're going to play how many 15-round tournaments a year? That's
0: too? that's fair, and especially with kind of the, the coverage falling off, right? I mean, there, there wasn't anything other than text coverage for this Legacy GP. Right, yeah. so maybe at some point that lets people kind of brew a little more and opens things back up, even if it's just, you know, there's not as much perception of like, oh, what are the best eight decks? Let me go look at those.
2: I think I uh, think you moved into a realm where they're like the weeklies and the local tournaments, which are typically like you know five, six, maybe seven rounds, are probably going to be more of the the sphere that we're dueling in now. And and so I think with that, like it's brainstorm is so powerful, especially in a fifteen round tournament, you know, because you know obviously it shuts down your variance window quite a bit. Yeah, which is really important when you're playing, you know, fifteen rounds that can equivalent to what like thirty, forty something games. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, so that's that's where I think you see so much brainstorm in the, the top thirty two twos because you do kind of need that card to kind of ensure that you get that far. I mean, you're right. The other, I mean, not to sidetrack too hard. One thing I was noticing, you know, scrolling through the top 32, is there's so many pros in there and like, those guys are coming in with three buys, you know, it's just, yeah, that's a big
1: one too. It's like, you
2: know, think about that, it.
1: that's another way to lose variance is to just not have to play as much and to get just three of to, to, to sleep in.
2: Exactly. I mean, you, you're walking in, you, you you win two games and you lose one and you're five and one.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Yeah, it definitely puts you off to a pretty big head start. You know, I get the I get the idea, I get why they're gonna do it. It's not gonna change.
2: Definitely not. But I mean, coming from my perspective, I was playing you know, Dark Depth's combo I think like two, three years ago, and now it's in the top thirty two, and that's a non brainstorm deck, so I'm it's true.
0: Yeah, um, and I says this black red reanimator deck has shown up, and
2: they attack so fast that I think, so I think the argument kind of translates to more that mid range non brainstorm decks are essentially kind of a dying breed. If, yeah, yeah. So
0: Jund, or so an or whatever.
1: It's not that like those colors are bad. It's just that if you're not playing, to, to generalize really broadly, if you're not playing, um brainstorm and some amount of counter magic to disrupt what your opponent's doing and stuff like that. You almost have to be playing something with a heavy
0: combo finish. Um, that's going to kill your opponent quickly. I mean, yeah, Essentially how, how I would put it is you either have to be playing something that really minimizes variance
2: mm-hmm. or
0: something that's just so powerful. It doesn't matter. The dark depths deck is like just
2: so redundant. It can be very fast too. Um, so, you you kind of have that I think fighting against at least you know if we're looking at high rank tournament results you know those are that's kind of what's telling I think at the moment um, that if you're not playing blue or you're getting that that variance help you have to be going really fast and have a lot of consistency. I mean, it's always good to have consistency in Magic decks if you want to have a good deck. But Yeah, I
0: I almost kind of see it as like where Vintage is, right? Where if you're not playing the blue deck, you're playing Dredger Shops, which are just so powerful that it doesn't matter.
2: Right, exactly.
0: We've kind of hit that point.
1: It's similar, though. I mean, and Legacy kind of feels not to where Vintage is now, but uh, it kind of feels like Vintage was as of, I don't know, a few years ago where, you know, you had a little bit more stuff sneak in, or some of the, you know, if you were playing a decent legacy deck, you could port it over without too much difficulty and at least do okay. Like, it was never going to be top tier, but it's it's kind of getting squeezed out. And I think part of that's inevitable just because of new cards being printed. There's going to be synergy, even if it's stuff that, you know, Watsi doesn't see. Right. If,
0: if nothing ever leaves, you're always gonna yeah. get some new combo or some new tiny little efficiency that changes everything.
1: And. I think the part about it that bothers me is not so much the emergence of like new combos between, you know, individual cards or whatever. It's just the prevalence or what feels to me at least like the prevalence of times when it's better to just play a pile of individually good cards than it is to play like an engine, like an actual deck that relies on multiple interlocking pieces, something like, like Enchantress is my favorite example of that to just rip off the top of my head. Um, you know that should be a very very powerful engine, but compared with you know twelve cantrips and some counter magic and a mentor, like it's just not going to get there most of the time. Like, right, really good. Like affinity is very powerful, but it just it's not you know it's not good enough to get there, I guess. So
0: yeah, I guess at some level, kind of random good stuff, however you want to put it, decks have caught up because there's enough efficient things that you can play together that. It, that those are just as good as the strategies
2: that are powerful on their own. let's go on to some deck lists. First one we're going to touch base on, 16-degree Alpha Legacy Tournament. What we have here is 43 players. Uh, this was on the 8th of January. In first place, we have lands, and they were dealing off in the finals with goblins. Whoa. That's awesome. That's yeah. Very, very cool.
1: As I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the top eight of this. As I'm sitting here complaining about how you gotta play brainstorm or bust, and it's like lands, goblins, Eldrazi, mono red sneak attack. I mean, 40 people in a grand prix, but it's still a pretty big event.
2: Yeah, and I think that's just kind of what lends to where Legacy's at, where you know we kind of have like a lot of people that you know are super pro, like all these tier one decks, and you know brainstorm as much as possible, et cetera, and some people that aren't. Mm-hmm. As hype about that, but you know we're moving towards smaller events where I feel like you cannot be into the internet and you know brainstorming nonstop and uh, still do well. I think you're probably right. I mean, um, still like rewarding people that really know their decks well. You mm-hmm. know, strong pilots with given archetypes that they've played over the years and how they play with other archetypes.
1: Yeah. It's almost like the format is losing some of its refinement. Like when you don't have teams of pro players preparing for multiple Grand Prix every year and slamming, you know, the the best producing decks in the last few months into each other. You know, you get a place where maybe the standard for entry of competitive decks is a little lower, but you know, I think that makes the format more broad and, and more open for experimentation. So
2: Well I mean when you go to like a you go to a super huge event, I mean, what's the percentage of people that just downloaded a deck? like 30 40% of people uh, just like said so I don't I haven't played legacy in a while I
0: don't yeah, know. Yeah, I always feel like you have a lot of those conversations at GPs yeah. or legacy champs.
1: I've had a lot of those talks, yeah, is I either talk to either you know, a lot of them you get a few people who are diehards and the but I feel like I've had a lot of the conversations of people who are, you know, oh, I haven't played in a while I borrowed this deck or I downloaded this list from right such I, and such from the last grand prix, you know, or it's their pet deck that has you know, active volcano in it or something.
2: <laughs> I think you're looking at like 50, 60% is going to be your diehards at a really large event. You yeah. A smaller event. You're going to go to like 80, 90% diehard. True.
1: There's nothing there for the, for the guy who wanders into legacy for value, you know, at, at like the Tusk Motational or at, you know, uh,
2: uh, one of the smaller events. Like,
0: yeah, they're not showing up to the monthly tournament at the local store. Right. Yeah.
2: So, let's discuss these lists, see if we can find something interesting. lands list. Other than the Molten Vortex, this almost
0: looks like kind of an older style of list.
1: Yeah, this one. I mean, it's called Eternal Garden, which was a lands deck of some kind, although I don't remember the name. Yeah,
0: I don't think this is actually... uh, If I remember correctly, Eternal Garden was the Night of the Reliquary lands deck.
1: I don't know. But it's also been a while. Josh Husted used to play it. I'd have to ask him, because I think he played Eternal Garden, but I don't remember exactly what was in it. I know he played Lands, and I think his was that version. But either way, I like seeing old decks randomly come out and do well. You know, Speaking of which, this Goblins list.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, While we're on Lands, though, I kind of like seeing Beast Within in the sideboard. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, (laughs) that's great can answer anything. Yep. Which is awesome. Well, no, cool. I don't know what the plan was. Um is or, or if it's just kind of a catch-all.
1: I don't know I don't know if Evans already said it, but Beast Within answers everything except Merit Lage. This is true. That's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> it works great in this deck because it is so much so many answers to creatures.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other thing that seemed a little weird to me was three sphere of resistance and one trenosphere. I feel like you would want to kind of pick one plan. But obviously it worked
1: yeah i don't I don't know the exact rationale on that one i mean i'm I'm a person who will serially just hurl four ofs into my board, so I'm probably the wrong person for sideboard finesse, but I really agree with you there. I think I would want to have four of one or the other or have like some Trinisphere in the deck and then have something else in the sideboard or whatever you know I think the one interesting one of the interesting developments from lands is for a long time a lot of the lands decks were even slower and weren't playing Exploration or Mana Bond or anything, and were playing Chalice of the Void. And that was several years ago, but it's just like this is the complete opposite of that
0: with actually,
1: yeah.
0: Speaking of newer technology, you know what this doesn't have, and I would actually much prefer to play against this list with Miracles than a lot of what people are doing now. Pretty much everybody now has a Basaju, and instead of boarding in Choke, they board in uh, Tsunami or Boil or...
1: That makes me very happy. I love sideboarding in Tsunami and having Bosaiju or ripping someone's hand apart or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right there. This, but I don't know if this is better, but it's less fun.
0: Yeah, I, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Lands is sweet. I'm happy to see it do well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only one of these of the top four in this event at all that I don't like is Eldrazi, but that's just because it kind of it feels like it plays itself.
0: Sure, but, you know, I still kind of respect all the Chalice Aggro decks, however you yeah. want to categorize them. Okay. I do think you would enjoy that this guy's Eldrazi deck has a Phyrexian Tower in it. I saw that in a Seagate Wreckage. A little experimental stuff going on. kind of
1: weird. But with it. it seems odd to have not four ofs on Ancient Tomb Cavern and City of Traders, but I don't play Eldrazi, so I may not be up on... How it actually? Is. Uh, I
0: think City of Traders not being a four is normal, but I'm by no means an expert.
1: Yeah, it seems weird to have Quad Endless One and not have the rest, but I mean, he's got 25 lands though, so that's a lot. And uh, Simeon Spirit Guide,
0: maybe. Yeah, matter. and some things maybe a budget decision or who knows. The Endless One,
1: Endbringer, you got two Endbringers even. Jeez. Hmm.
0: Yeah, we mentioned goblins earlier, so yeah, just touching on that. Three Wasteland, three Port. Three caverns. Not I
1: don't saying, know what
0: the right answer is.
1: I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's definitely unusual. Yeah. Or it is not usual compared to the goblins that I remember from years and years ago.
0: Right, and it looks like plateau is just for rest in peace in the sideboard, unless I've missed something. You know, normally there was a while where it was normal to play Thalia, Splashing Flashing White for it, or or if you go back farther, you'd play Swords of Plowshares and Disenchant.
1: Yeah, I don't I see any of that. I remember people sideboarding in, like when Goblins was everywhere, I I remember seeing at least one person boarding in like swords and lightning helix because somehow you just get there. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like rest in peace is the only card that those are in there for. I think
2: rest in peace keeps it locked down, but fairy macabre just seems so much better in the meta right now.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely against that black red reanimator deck. You, you want something you can play right away through the yep. uh,
2: chancellor or I mean, you could still catch a punishing fire too. Oh um, yeah, I'm sure that's one of the bigger concerns here.
1: But I mean, I've reached the point I don't even play Grave Hate much in Legacy just because. Well, if I'm playing Enchantress, I'll usually play Leyline and then have one Helm in the board because I played two Bayous in the Utopia's Brawls. But like, if I'm playing Explorer, I can't beat the black red deck because it's too fast, and I've got a like a scavenging ooze and a couple other things main deck to. Randomly dig up for the slower matchups, so I don't usually do much as far as grave stuff in the board. But
2: I think Fairy McCobb's the the best answer right now.
1: Yeah, I think if you're if you're if that's what you're aiming at is the best graveyard decks overall, I think Fairy McCobb is probably the right choice there. I agree. Leyline is close. Yeah, Surgical Chancellor is pretty good. I mean, the only reason I think the only reason you don't want something like Surgical is because of the Chancellor, but I mean, they have to have the chancellor. Yeah, well, yeah. To exit
0: f- it totally depends what kind of deck you're playing. If if yeah. you're kind of a spells deck and.
1: But being able being able to go snapcaster on surgical is pretty, pretty bonkers.
2: bananas. Yeah. yeah. Just just quickly in in fourth place we had mono red sneak attack. We had affinity in fifth. Band stone blade in fifth. I mean sorry, sixth. Bug control in seventh, and shardless bug in eight. Honestly, that seems like a pretty healthy
1: yeah. set of decks, right? How much better is this bug deck if it has uh, Fatal Push?
2: I mean, the removal right now is Abrupt Decay in the main. Yeah,
1: two Abrupt um, Decay is two Collective Brutality and a Dismember in the main.
0: Plus yeah, that. I don't know how you would change that because Collective Brutality does it does a bunch of different things. Abrupt Decay does a bunch of different things. I mean, it, it would definitely from- at least replace the Disfigure in the sideboard.
1: Yeah, I think you you probably replace, like, the Dismember... And maybe
0: A-Decay in the main...
1: figure in the board. Maybe replace the Edicts, depending on what they're in there for, although they're probably in there for their age.
0: Yeah, as well as True Name, um, yeah. uh, Nimble Mongoose. I think you'd probably keep the Edicts. But yeah, I can totally see replacing Dismember, Disfigure, and maybe One Decay.
2: I haven't seen Arcane Laboratory in a while.
0: Ooh. Oh, I, I lost in Vintage to Arcane Lab um, twice when I was playing side events at Eternal Weekend this year with the Outcomes deck, uh, it's yes. pretty much impossible to beat that and a Counterspell.
2: Yes. Wow. Charlie's yeah. Club is pl- playing it in their sideboard mm-hmm. here.
0: That's awesome. You don't see a lot of that in Legacy.
2: Yeah,
0: Two of them. Wow, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, That's somebody that does not want to lose the combo. I, I respect that. Ooh.
1: And a Knight of Souls Betrayal. Yeah, I like their sideboard. Yeah, get you on the Mentor Tokens, I guess. And Elves, for that matter, if you live long enough.
2: They have two Arcane Laboratory, two Chill, two Disfigure, which will be Fatal Push, two extirpate, one Golgari Charm, one Grafdigger's Cage, one Knight of Souls Betrayal, one Null Rod, one Pithing Needle, one Seal of Primordium, and one Sylvan Library. That seems alright. See, this is the antithesis of every
1: sideboard I would ever build, because I just jam a bunch of four-ups for decks I don't like, but I'm a bad
0: deck builder, so. Well, I mean, I try to jam 15 different cards in there and then I lose two. So, so
1: That's the that's the like pro tour way of doing it, right? You get cards that have some overlap, but they're all slightly different.
2: Yeah. Something like that. Make your opponent think about it too much. Something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: I never mastered that. I like to just find a thing they can't deal with.
2: All right. So let's look at another top eight here. Uh, smaller one. 24 players. Uh, we have... Sneak fit in first.
1: Yeah, I saw this list.
2: What at, do you think about this as a Nick fit player? I pulled it up because I thought I might be able to get some input from you on it being a Nick fit specialist.
1: Ding! I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'd call myself a specialist, but I appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, I'm, not, I'm not 100% on the sneak attack plan, although I haven't played it, so I can't say that it's bad. But like, it feels like in this deck at least, you've got a couple of things you can do with it. Like, I mean, you can use Bellower to get some three, like, Fierce Empath into something else. Uh, Or you can go and um, Sidisi with the... What is it called? Exploit?
0: Yeah, and he can exploit himself to find any other creature. So if if you're able to get Sidisi, you can just find Emrakul and sneak in Emrakul.
1: I mean, I guess that's... I don't know. I'd have to play it to say for sure. I don't personally play the combo finish, but I play a lot of Planeswalkers in my build. My build is very, very slow. Like, I have a mountain of removal. Um, I play white for the splash instead of red. So, I, you know, mine's kind of a completely different build, but this does look pretty cool. Like, if I had all of this stuff for it and or took the time to borrow it, I would probably play this at gigabytes at least a time or two and see how... Yeah, there's a lot
0: going on here. This actually reminds me of, like, Birthing Pod in Standard, which I'm sure you guys never played. Where you just I have those weird situational one ofs and somehow it all works.
1: I remember reading about it because Birthing Pod itself is a super sweet card. Like if I can ever find two more Russian ones, I'll eventually build some sort of pod deck for legacy
0: to make it. Yeah, I don't know, something like this though. Your opponent's not gonna know what's going on like eighty percent of the time. That's true. some value to it.
1: They're gonna they're gonna be thinking John that for like you know, game one you start with Grove, Death Shaman, Punishing Fire, you know, decay top, like, they're going to put you on Jund, and then, you know, the next game, you ramp out, explore, sneak attack, kill you, like, it's cool, it is pretty cool how it goes both ways like that, like, that's, that's pretty sweet, and there's a thrag tusk. so, you know. Yeah,
0: I, I don't know, there's so many different things this does, the boarding against it feels hard. I
1: like the three Titan plan, like, I, I dig the Primeval, Inferno, and Grave Titans all being in there, and I guess. Yeah,
0: and you've that. got Fierce Empath, in case you don't know which one you need. Yeah. Or uh, you can even go Woodland Bellower to Fierce Empath to Titan Plan. There's a bunch of little stuff like that, I think.
1: I like the idea of doing the... like. It's like you go Woodland Bellower, Fierce Empath, Primetime, and then Primetime gets like Grove and Stronghold. <laughs> and then you just use Stronghold to recycle whatever and sneak it back out and get even more value. Yeah, there's some pretty cool... Uh, pretty cool lines. It looks like with this. But. Oh, this card. Has, this deck has sixty-one cards in the main. Nice. And an overgrown tomb. Nobody's perfect. I'm not gonna judge that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you're gonna probably not care about that two life regardless. You're just gonna kill people. So.
0: Yeah, and this looks like another fairly healthy top eight, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, colorless right. Eldrazi, four color loam, shardless bug, Eldrazi control, which. That's just mud. Mud. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is just mud. I mean, it's, um,
1: it's got a lot of giant Eldrazi
2: in it, so that's cool. they call it Eldrazi control? What the fuck?
0: Yeah, that's kind and of... This a, has got to be one of those things where the tournament organizer just puts whatever exactly people wrote. Dude, that, that kind of love that.
1: That happened to me in a Star City Open in, I don't know, 2012 or something like that. I was playing Mono White Stacks, and it got written up. I was in the written coverage because I was on the bubble for Top 8, like round before the last round and so I got a one of the text feature match coverages and the whole, the deck was referred to as Mono White Tempo and I was like, I don't know if all of these Armageddon's and Smokestacks really, you know, are that, but okay uh, I'm a Tempo player now <laughs> Sure, why not? Uh, I like that this deck has Picarns and then Quad Ugin like this is just Power Ugin Destroy you you know, taste the suffering. Like, and then the, uh, we
0: got the, the Eva green
1: depths is basically just,
0: it's, it's just the
1: the green black depths. The naming we're here is a little funky. I'm going to call it uh, Evan.deck. I don't, I don't think it's, it's exactly the same, but it's pretty cool though. I love not of this world. That card is amazing.
2: I, I've been playing the fast version a bit for a while, but uh, nice. I just, I just don't enjoy it as much as the slower version. Um, so I'm just playing decks now and as this one's kind of come to be this, I'll still play it, but, uh, I've got some other decks on my radar right now. Nice. One of them, being Pox. So
1: I can get you the list that I played a couple of months ago. It wasn't great, but it was really good at having inevitability against a lot of decks. Um like I got in a pox mirror at one point and won because I managed to find enough lands to just keep recurring uh uh worm harvest. Uh yeah. And, like nothing you is worm worm a harvest. Pox player like you getting your worm harvest first. <laughs> like, just the look of sadness is intense.
2: I like yeah, I like I wanna do some stuff with vehicles and pox. Nice. Um That's weird. I like it. smugglers copter. Uh um, and then I was thinking about siding out the, the innocent bloods. That's why I was kind of questioning on that with fatal pushes and then blood gas, maybe like a jet, um, uh, just kind of go in a little more aggressive. You know, with the copters, I think are, are a big upgrade for that deck.
1: Um, you animate like a mistress factory and then you exactly. have a pilot. Okay. Exactly.
2: Yep. Or crew. And yep. Blood gas just coming, just reoccurring. Yeah. But the other one, uh, Picking up 12 post again, the band list uh, with Terminus in it. Kind of like being more parallel with Miracles except mm-hmm. doing something very different just because like as Miracles just kind of drops lands. I think doing that with 12 post kind of ramp up in a different way. Mm. So that might be interesting. And then Tezzerator I'm also focusing on too right now. I more love I more, Yeah. Four bridges all the way, maybe more like a Walker's build. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, like there's so many good walkers right now. That's true.
1: That's I mean, one thing I'm I'm gonna incorporate into uh, uh Explorer when I'm playing because 'Cause I've got two Russian whatever the new Nyssa uh Nissa Vital Force, the one that makes your makes a land of five five or just Do you even know all the
0: text on that card?
1: Yeah, it makes a land of five five with haste until your next turn and then like <laughs> minus two I think is return a permanent card. From your graveyard to your hand, which it just has deed or other planeswalkers written all over it. Sick. Um, I forget the. I think the last one is like you get an emblem that does something. I forget what that one is. I don't know. I'll I'll pull up Oracle huh. before I play it in tournament.
0: Sure. But the the
1: minus curious. two get deed. I don't think I could
0: have come anywhere close. And whatever you just told me sounds realistic. Yeah,
1: I think it. Oh, I think it's whenever. Uh, no, I'm getting it mixed up with frailties. I think it's whenever you get a land. You and whenever a land enters battlefield under your control, you can draw a card.
0: So, that's pretty sick.
1: So that's pretty banana. That was another one of those. When we were talking about it in Louisville, you were talking about the heavy Planeswalkers build being much, much worse for Miracles to beat. So that was yeah, one of those. They're uh, not playing dudes.
2: So cool. it's seventh place. We have Merfolk. Yeah. Looks pretty dark.
0: I mean, two Dazes, on main deck back to basics.
1: I'm that's not 100%.
0: interesting. I haven't seen anyone playing Merfolk in a while.
1: But it still catches me a little weird to see people playing not for mirror rejury, but I guess True Name just took most of those spots because yeah, True Name just breaks through whenever you get stuck.
2: Right.
0: Instead of trying to tap down their guys to get through, you just have this guy that gets through no matter what or plays absurd defense no matter what.
2: I like the two energy flux in the sideboard. Nice.
0: Doesn't nice. want to use to affinity. I don't, Or Tezzeret, I guess.
1: See, I want to... Like that, but like being a workshop player for 12 years has conditioned me to always take that. You can. Like every time I see it, I just like
2: cringe a little bit
1: and go, Oh, I'm not winning this one. Like it doesn't even matter.
2: Each we have blue, white, red miracles. Brian, anything interesting Is our mage of the blue? Um,
0: I think playing only three ponders is criminal. Okay. Yeah, playing three ponders and playing three terminuses is just. I, I'm sorry, especially three Terminus is wrong. Uh, cut the verdict, play your fourth Terminus. I mean, the rest of this is, is fairly stock. I'm still not a big fan of Karakas, um, especially with this. There's no Venters, there's no Clicks. Kind of makes me wonder if this person doesn't have as many dual lands or, or if this is just an older list.
2: The Miracle's not playing Caracas anymore?
0: Uh, I haven't played it in a while. Uh, the, like, Legends build or whatever still plays it. But with everybody generally playing more ponders and predict and stuff, it just doesn't help you cast your spells. And it's a planes that gets Wastelanded. I mean, for the most part, what they're doing is probably fine. I mean, there's, there's some other strangeness with playing sulfur Sol- Elemental in the sideboard of your mentor deck.
1: <laughs> I didn't even
0: catch I'm that. Not, I'm not really following that one. I mean, I guess you really don't want to lose to death and taxes. They're both good there. I mean,
2: obviously they top eight of this tournament, so it worked out okay. Well, let's look at uh, another set of results here. a smaller tournament, 27 players. We have, we'll just go over the whole top eight here. We have first place, uh, blue, green, 12 post. We have Batzan in second. I'm not sure what that means. Liz. It's some sort of bant list. So Abzan
0: is what they call Junk. So I think it's just saying it's those four colors.
2: Okay.
0: Four color Loam, one of
2: stage. Agro Loam, I see. Okay, it's just Agro Loam. Junk in third. And then in fourth, we have our all-star deck, Loxodon, Uh, (laughs) Stompy. Oh, that's exciting. Fifth place, we have Painter. Uh, Sixth Mm -hmm. place, we have Lands. Uh, Seventh place, we have Reanimator. And eighth place, we have Sneak and Show. These are a yeah. lot more interesting results than I've seen
1: like in person in a while. Very. This lands deck,
2: as a Miracles player, looks miserable to play
0: against. Why is that? Seiju, Ghost Quarter, two boils in the sideboard, four sphere of resistance, four Cursing Grip.
2: Whoa. Oh, that's insane. The internet way, I guess, now. I mean, if you hate Miracles and you're worried about the deck, that's how you should be sideboarding. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I'm, I yeah, and you i not play.
0: even bring in all of that. I mean, just bringing in Boil, Boil, some combination right. of cross and Grip and Chalice of the Void. is probably enough.
1: Yeah. yeah that's, that's how I used Those to start cards playing rock like years ago. I'd yeah. start with quad grips. So.
0: Yeah. I don't know if, if anyone else here has ever been Pasadena Boiled. It's, uh, you pretty much just want to. Pack up your stuff and go home.
2: Screw you
1: guys! I'm going home. But Carmen, we're trying to uh, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have I have not ever had that happen to me because I rarely play blue cards
0: or blue producing lands. Sure, I mean maybe imagine it's flash fires or yeah.
1: I mean the thing is I can't. It's hard for me to relate because I'm cast more Armageddon. Zelda yeah, that's than that's the store combined, but the closest that I've seen inflicted was when I was playing against Iman and. Wasted his Caracas because he had three blue lands out and I wanted to rip the tsunami, which I did the next turn, and then those were his last three permanents and just blew up everything. And he seemed very sad about that, so I'm assuming that it's like that, but you know. Yeah, it's whatever. like that,
0: except I never have other permanents to begin with, and I'm yeah. sitting there staring at two counter spells I can't cast. Seems bad.
1: So this but... on Stompy deck is super exciting now. I love that Palace Jailer is just showing up. Like, people are playing that thing and becoming the monarch.
0: Yeah, I remember we kind of talked about that when the set came out, and I wasn't really convinced. I wasn't either. I I also drawing a card every turn's good. I'm not going to...
2: Yeah, Palace Jailer's a house. So let's see. This will just skip to the Loxodon Stompy West. Two Ancient Tomb instead of four. A dried Arbor in there. Horizon Canopy, two Forests, one Caracas, one Maze of Ith. Two Plains, three Savannah, four Wasteland, four Windswept Heath. Creatures are uh, Teague. 3 knights, 3 loxodon smiters, 1 noble Higharch, 3 palace jailers, 1 reclamation sage, 1 scavenging ooze, fourth alia, fourth alia, so alia <laughs> 4 thalia, 4 thalia, so 8 thalia package. For instance, sorceries uh, declaration in stone, for those who are not familiar, it's a newer card, it's one colorless, one white, it's a sorcery speed spell, uh, exile target creature and all other creatures as controller controls with the same name as that creature. That player investigates for each non-token creature, exiled this way. Let's see. And then we have four Chalice, four Chrome Mox, four green, Greenstone Zenith, as well as Innocence and Sorceries for the other spells. You have yeah. Chalice, four Chrome Mox, one group Relentless, and two Sylvan Libraries. Sideboard, one Bog, two Choke, two Containment Priest, two Consul's Judgment, one Crop Rotation, one Glacial Chasm, two Core Firewalker, one Malira, one... Solely Prime Mage into Sanctum Prelates. This deck is sweet. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say.
1: This deck is really cool. I just I at first I was questioning the ancient tombs, but then I got to the deck having Chalice of the Void in it, and I went, Ah, gotcha. Okay, that, that makes yeah, sense.
0: And you've got chalice I mean, and chrome Locks, but yeah, it's two you can, colors, so you can only play so many tombs. Yeah, I mean occasionally you can
1: chrome and pin something under it and then go turn one large dahlia if you have ancient tomb, but it seems like more often they want to go Tomb Chalice or just play Hierarch or, you know, land Chrome and then Thalia or Library or Chalice. Yeah, I mean,
0: I even think the Hierarch and the Arbor are just there to, to help Zenith be a ramp spell, right? Because you don't really want to draw your Hierarch if you have Chalice, but if you can jam Thalia or Chalice or, or even Sylvan Library on turn one, that's pretty good.
2: Going back to the top and first place, we have Blue-Green all post. It has ten posts to it, which is pretty typical. Two Basubas, maybe nine and ten. <laughs> There's a Maze of Ith in the board, which is sweet, with Candelabra of Thanos, which they are not playing.
0: Yeah, I do want to ask about this nephalia Academy main deck.
2: Yep, Yeah. Um, what would be the, the thought process there? Uh, Prop rotation into it. The spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard a card, you may reveal that card and put it on top of your library instead of putting it anywhere else. have to add one colorless mana. You're still kind of losing the card in a way. Uh, I think maybe this idea. Yeah,
0: that. I guess you have top and brainstorm to get, you know, if you just tutored for something. Yeah. Like, trying to take it out of your hand.
2: Right. I guess I can see that being okay. It's not great. World Breaker's interesting. That card's pretty yeah. sweet. And uh, That card's cool. Um to repeal, just great card. A lot of tricks you can do top. Uh, good defense card as well. Uh again, no candelabra with Thanos, kind of Tanos, which kinda makes me question, you know, the strength of repeal. Primary strength obviously is repealing your candelabra and reusing three pithing needle instead of four. Three tops instead of four. And two Ugins. Uh I don't know. Problem is with Ugin is that he kinda of folds to Aldrazi, which is a really tough match for this deck. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it
0: a tough enough matchup that maybe it's okay to just give up on it and Ugin's good enough everywhere else that doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, I mean, but two is still a pretty heavy number, in my opinion, for this deck. It can definitely save you most of the time, for sure. Uh, it's probably one of the strongest defensive cards. Uh, Glacial Chasm's probably one of the stronger ones. I think one is, I mean, the problem is, too, is you can't show and tell in Ugin, you know. Eureka can, but... Oh, that's true, yeah. You can't do that with show and tell. Sideboard, two Fairy Macabre. You're seeing a lot more Fairy Macabre, I think, in a lot of these sideboards, which is, I think, correct. And they cruise a lot with the Paducah bug in the main. What do you think about Mindbreak
0: Trap over Flusterstorm right now? I think it depends a lot what you're trying to beat. Um, something so. like the, the show-and-tell decks, Flusterstorm's good, and Mindbreak Trap is often not going to do anything. So I guess I, you know, I haven't played enough posts to know what you're worried about losing to. Uh, actually, speaking of the Chancellor, Flusterstorm is pretty good there, because only the original copy gets countered. Oh, that's a good point. So that might be the thought process.
2: And then the Agro loam deck—it is Agro loam with Leovold, as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah, I thought Leovold is what made me question it. Yeah.
0: I think they shoved a Leovold in the main and two Medley Mages in the board, which—God, Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm on board with that, but.
2: Yeah, he's that good.
0: Uh, yeah, and you can Green sun zenith for him, and Mox right. and makes being a million colors easier.
2: Well, and, yeah, just getting him out faster. The faster yeah. you get them out, the better. Like, if you get them out quick, it gets a lot more value. Imperial Painter List, to Chandra, looks like Chandra's made its way in. Painter, yeah, but, that's sort of up a lot. It's that, really card's good. Good. that card's really strong.
0: The only thing I would say here is maybe some of the numbers seem a little weird. You know, I'm by no means an expert, but there's, there's only three Blood Moons and one Moon Man. Yeah. And I, only three Recruiters.
1: I haven't played anywhere near enough Painter to offer
0: too much. And, and I feel like three mm-hmm. Goblin Welders is a lot. That was the one that really stuck out to me originally.
1: That part makes me happy, though. I mean, Welders.
0: Oh, I love Goblin
2: Welder, but that doesn't necessarily mean it makes sense. A lot of three-ofs. Yeah. The only four-of is Painter Servant the Grandstone, two combo pieces. That's interesting, yeah. Johnny Vengeance in the sideboard. That card's brutal.
0: I like that. That It it is. I'm not sure necessarily when you're bringing that in, but it's pretty sick. Miracles, I guess. If you can get to the minus seven, it's really good. Any Planeswalker's pretty good against... Yeah, (laughs) any non-blue Planeswalker, I would say, just because
2: Red Blast is so good.
0: Right, right. I mean, I'd board Jace out in the mirror at this point,
2: if I'm even playing him. Uh, Anything else to note from you guys on that list? Yeah, I
0: really like that Fiery Confluence has gotten to be a real thing for the Painter decks, because it kind of deals with so many things that beat the combo. Just, you know, you can kind of wipe the board, or do six to the dome of your opponent, or you can get rid of Null Rod or Needle or whatever.
2: The, the Reanimator deck.
0: This is kind of a more traditional blue-black
1: Reanimator. Yeah, I mean, they're still on the Green Splash
2: plan for Abrupt Decay
1: out of the board, it looks like, but and Golgari Charm. But other than that, this is, it seems pretty normal. Yeah, and they're on the
0: Kronos God of Storm's plan to beat Miracles, which is fine. I don't really think you need it, but.
1: So I guess that's what you. Can, you can reanimate that man out of the graveyard, I guess, right? Yep, you know,
0: he's a creature in the graveyard. Huh.
1: Never thought of that. I was always trying to get Aetherling against Miracles, because. That's also pretty good. Seems like if you got some blue mana, they can't ever do anything about
0: it. But, you know, some of it's going to depend entirely how people board. My plan has always been to have no removal in my deck anyway, mm-hmm. and just kind of prevent you from producing a man.
1: I'm not a big fan of the Sire of Insanity plan, although a lot of people are. I just it feels really it feels really all in. And yeah,
0: which works with the black red deck, but yeah, it might be one of those things where the games you win are just such massive blowouts that that's what you remember.
1: I mean, it is a one-of. I mean, you're going to tutor for it most of the time. It's just... If it's one of those those corner case hands, I don't know if there's ever... I don't know if there's frequently a time when I want my hand to have careful study at, or collective brutality and to have Sire of Insanity over the fourth Grizzlebrand. I mean, unless I just have another Grizzlebrand in my hand already.
0: And not playing four Grizzlebrands seems interesting.
1: I mean... I I had three in my deck when I got the Miser's ninth in that Star City Open, but I've I've gone to playing four since then. Partially because I picked up German ones and they're cool, but also partially because there were a lot of times when I just wanted Grizzlebrand. (laughs) Like you just want that guy. I think if it's me, I probably move either Iona to the board and then I get rid of Sire for the fourth Grizzlebrand, maybe. I don't like having only two Ponders, though. I know that. I, I like the third Ponder a lot in the deck.
2: Did you, did you get ninth when you were playing Reanimator? Yeah. A CG Open?
1: Okay. Yep. And I promptly used the... I think that was about... That was 2014-ish? A couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. I, promptly, I promptly used my prize money to buy Ravages of War to build a real deck. Uh,
0: for some definition of real deck. A real, a real, real
2: deck to me... Your camera matches on YouTube. Wait. Is it still...
1: I don't know I was, if I was in a, Was I in a camera match at that tournament?
2: Oh, I have no idea. I watched one like a couple of days ago. You were playing Reanimator.
1: Huh.
2: I forgot program. that I was in
1: that. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll look that up. I, my, I know my Aggro loan matches fell off. I think Star City stopped maintaining those for whatever reason. I miss my Agrilome feature matches being on here. Like, that's, that, going back to what I miss about Legacy, like, four Countryside Crusher, four Knights, two Terravore, two Eternal Witness, a bunch of Devastating Dreams and Burning Wish and all that stuff. And, like, the deck is just, you can't play anything like that anymore. Like, you just get blown out. You know, got to Star City Finals in 2010 with it, so. There's a
2: guy on MTGO playing that list. Nice. watching some stream. There's a guy playing that, Air Wars and all. I love Terravore. I remember people, because that was at the height of Tarmogoyf.
1: Like, Goyf was everywhere. Everyone wanted Goyf. He'd splash green for Goyf and everything. And Goyf was just too small, and it didn't do anything. Like, it had no abilities or anything. Like, I was sweeping Goyfs away with Devastating Dreams all day and then getting in with night and Terevoir. <laughs> Sorry, that was a complete derailment from the reanimator conversation. but
0: uh, Well, I think we're kind of <laughs> wrapping up here anyway.
1: It's like 8th place in this one is Sneak Show, which is a very, very conventional list. Surprise.
2: I think I'd rather just lay down and put a cigarette out on my face and talk about that list. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us are really interested in the finer points of
0: casting show and tell.
1: I don't know. Is it? Is it I think it's fine if you're putting in something stupid. But I mean this is just new big riddle brand or my There's one Jace in this deck. Is that right? Is it right to have one Jace? I mean yeah, I think one or two is fairly common. Well I guess we'll wrap it up. But- it's been a pleasure talking to you, gentlemen. And to the internet.
0: Yeah, likewise. Hopefully that was interesting. I you know we got kinda of rambled there on occasion.
2: Yeah. It's free. That's true. Yeah, what are, yeah, what are they complaining the about? Alright, well that'll wrap up the episode. Thanks <laughs> everyone for listening. <laughs> Uh, enjoy the Revolt and all the fringe cards we talked about. Hopefully people brew some sick tribes.
1: People are going to have Adaptive Automaton and the Metallic Mimic and just brew all of the tribal decks. It's going to be sweet.
2: Dude. Hey,
0: more power to them. Take care, guys. All right. All right. All right. Later, guys. Right. Thanks. Darkness falls across the land. The
2: Midnight Hour is
0: close at hand.